You're listening to the My NFT Journey podcast. Each week our host Andy Storch will share his journey and newly found passion for non-fungible tokens. Welcome to My NFT Journey. I am your host, Andy Storch, and this is a show where I share my NFT journey as well as the journeys of others and lessons learned along the way to help you with your NFT journey wherever you might be. And of course, I also like introducing cool and innovative new projects and companies and people and people who are doing interesting things in the NFT space. And today I'm sharing with you part two of my conversation with Frank Preve and Rohit Gandhi. And both of them are co-founders of the company NFT ARC, which stands for Access and Revenue Control. ARC is trying to change the NFT game for merchants and is an e-commerce application for NFT creators that makes it so companies can sell NFTs from their own websites and people can buy them using credit cards in a very easy process without going through all the trouble of setting up MetaMask and getting Ethereum and all that sort of stuff to buy NFTs. They can just make it seamless and make it so you're buying digital assets on their website, essentially. In this conversation, Frank and Rohit share what they're building and why and what the possibilities are, as well as why they're excited about the NFT space. Check it out. So how did you guys meet? How did you come together for this this company, this project? So we met through a program called Co-Founder Match at Y Combinator. So it's basically an accelerator here in the Bay Area yeah. uh, for startups. So we met for another project that was a Web2 project, but quickly realized Web3 is where it's at and quickly pivoted to that. So that's how we met. That's really cool. I love it. I always wondered if those things worked. Nobody ever picked me when I went on there, but <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, it's, it's hard. I interviewed yeah. 20, 35 people before yes. I with Frank. And, wow. and well, like in, in like a couple of meetings, I, I realized this is the guy. You know, yeah. he, I want to build a business with this guy. Yeah, that's exciting. So tell me what, like we talked a little bit about the challenge and, you know, gas fees and all that stuff and, and the small percentage of people that are in NFTs now. And we know that this is going to go to a wider audience. Like we're just, it's just a matter of time, right? Before a billion people are using NFTs in some way or another. So tell me about what you are building, what you're creating with NFT ARC. Uh, so ba- basically, it's a platform where you can list your NFTs on traditional stores, right? On Shopify. You can sell NFTs through your own store, or if you don't have a store, we'll create a store for you on Shopify, right? It enables uh, sellers to sell NFTs through credit card, through PayPal, without having a wallet, right? And then the second part of the platform is the wallet itself, Right. Mm. So we create a custodial wallet where we are the custodians. We keep the private key. You can log in with your Gmail and interact with NFTs, just like if you would have a MetaMask wallet. Right. We also allow you to or or enable you to take custody of your wallet. So it's not like we want to. But for 99.99% of the sellers and and consumers who don't want to deal with wallets, we basically provide wallets for you. Right. right? So it's basically a marketplace or marketplaces where sellers can create their own store or if they have their own store, they can list NFTs without having to deal with blockchain and consumers would be able to buy NFTs without having a wallet. Right. Yeah. I like this idea of creating the custodial wallet. I mean, there's, you know, we glorify the decentralization and it's great that you have your own keys and you own your own stuff. We already discussed how you basically mined and created Bitcoin 12 years ago, that there's no way to ever find that again. Right. And yeah. there are just dozens, like thousands of stories like that. And I get nervous all the time thinking about all the value as an investor 
that's in this wallet that I have the keys to. And like, what if I lose it? You know, like my retirement funds are with Fidelity in a bunch of stocks. And I like that they have the keys. Like I have a password. And if I forget the password, I can call them and they will give me access. And if I die, like they will find my wife and they will give that money to her. Like there's no question that all that's going to happen. But with NFTs, it's a whole different game. Like, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with holding the keys. Right, exactly. And and in fact, that's what makes Coinbase so successful, right? My sister, yeah. who knows nothing about crypto, she wants to invest in crypto. Her husband is on Qcoin and Binance and all that. Mm-hmm. And he keeps asking her to get, a, get an account. And she keeps looking at this and like, what the hell is this? I have no yeah. idea. I want to right, buy right. Bitcoin. Like, why can't you just make it simple as... Right. You know, uh, you know, uh, log in using your uh, email. Yep. Uh, uh, connecting your bank and buying me some Bitcoin, right? right? And then she looked at Coinbase and she was like, "Okay, this is what I need. It's easy. Why, yeah. why are you telling me Qcoin and buy that?" Right. I mean, of course, those those are for for power users, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the the point zero one percent of the people who understand crypto and they are in crypto for years. Yep. We are trying to bring the ninety nine point nine nine percent of the rest of the world into crypto and we are giving them a choice that you don't have to understand crypto to be in crypto you can we can unlock all these use cases right. without you having to deal with all the complexities of crypto which will go away with time yes. but right now the barrier to entry is pretty huge yeah as i've heard like i've heard gary v talk about this thought about it too like the fact that we're even calling them nfts like that might change in the future right this whole idea of get a MetaMask wallet and the keys and all this stuff and like buy in, in Coinbase and then transfer over and connect your wallet and all that stuff may change in the future. It may become a lot easier and we'll look back and like, wow, it was so crazy, all the stuff that we did. Yeah. But this is part of changing it, right? It's making it a lot easier and simpler for people to go by. So, you know, you shared earlier about like the, the comedy club and the skateboard shop. I'm wondering if you could share some examples of how you know, companies, stores can use this in e-commerce and especially maybe is this applicable to people like me, consultants, coaches, speakers, like independent entrepreneurs who have services that they're offering? Could they use something like this to bring NFTs into their business? Um, yeah. So uh, Frank, do you do you have any thoughts before I jump in? It seems like I'm talking a lot here. No, no, no. It's absolutely okay. Like we've, you know, like Rohit mentioned before, we've talk to major retailers uh, about this this technology and so many of them want to use it to create value on the part of their mm. their customer base essentially and, and just find ways to accelerate or maintain consumer loyalty so what we what we've seen them approach us with are use cases that are related to customer loyalty essentially and we we've seen them we've seen them essentially look to adopt or do POCs to try and understand how those loyalty programs can be tokenized essentially and andy uh, the point that you made before that this may not even be called nfts in the future right. i think is 100% straight on right on as well it's because it's not about completely unique tokens per se it's more about just turning assets into tokens itself. And some right. of them may in fact be fungible, right? Yep. So I think that what we even call this process of tokenization is probably going to evolve in the future as well. Yeah, digital assets, tokenization. I'm curious, you mentioned like major retails and, and Rohit, at the beginning, I think you talked about encouraging providers, creators, 
companies to put value behind their NFTs, right? Obviously, we see a lot of NFT collections out there right now that are when you buy it, you're buying the art or just the NFT itself, or like you're part of a community now, but, and then some of them have so-called utility, but a lot of times there's not that much behind it. So you're saying you're encouraging a lot of businesses, like don't just put an NFT out there for the hell of it, like have real value behind it. Yeah. 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 And it goes back to your previous question as well, right? As a, uh, somebody who is in podcasts and, and marketing, how would I be able to use that? Mm-hmm. Again, it would be something like, so you can create hype or buzz about a project or a company, for example, right? And I think you should sell that as tokens, for example, right? The more buzz you create, the more inflated your token gets, for example, mm-hmm. right? As you grow as a podcast, as a company, that token will be worth much more, right? And that at that point, it becomes access, right? Whoever holds that token would be able to come to your podcast or they would be able to sell access to your podcast through those tokens. Yeah. But but again, like if you just look at real world, right? NFTs as as they exist as just art, for example, or generative art, they were just kind of like, you know, the sports cards, right? That mm. we have for various players and and they go up in value because uh, some sports person becomes more valuable, for example, right? Those are good utilities, but they are kind of limited to the people who would want to collect those, right? If you, if you want to bring a larger market into this, you have to have some sort of utility. Otherwise, uh, most of the people look at NFT and just scoff at like, oh, why would I ever want to do this? Mm. I mean, wh- one thing just, you know, uh, taking that another step further, one thing that when we consult with projects that are using NFTs, we really focus in on this concept of what, what's called economic use value where what can you do after you bought the token that you could not do before you bought the token, Mm -hmm. right? And if there's nothing that you can do after you've purchased it that you could not do before you've purchased it, the economic use value is is thereby limited, right? And so we always try to make sure that the, the projects that we work with, that they are incorporating some kind of utility into the NFT itself, whether it's, you know, something goes to a charity or it gives the user access to something, something that mm-hmm. you can do after you've purchased it, you could not do before just so that it can maintain its value. I was going to ask for like a major company or a major retailer, like a Macy's or Amazon or Walmart, like what could they do with this? Would it, you know, if people have their NFT, could it be a discount access to certain sales or opportunities or like, are there other things they could do? Yeah, exactly. So loyalty points, right? You can create loyalty points. Um, mm. If you just create like a token, a fungible token, that would be just loyalty points, right? Yep. Each loyalty points is exactly the same as other. And the more loyalty points you have, the more exclusive things you can get. Or you can create loyalty points into NFTs and then you can start adding rarity and give preferential treatments to certain loyalty point holders than more preferential than others, for example, right? Mm -hmm. You can do limited edition merchandise like we talked about, right? So Levi's can release 501 jeans, thousand of them each year, and whoever holds the 501 NFT can claim those thousand jeans, right? Now, everybody knows there only will be thousand of them out there per year, right? Then that becomes exclusive and uh, inflates value, right? They usually give Coachella tickets to most exclusive customers, their VIP customers, right? So that can be NFT, right? Hmm. Whoever has those NFTs can get those Coachella tickets, for example. Yeah. Yeah. They can have their own token 
which can be used for uh, buying merchandise and you can give more exclusive sales for that token. So a lot right. of use cases for larger, larger enterprises as well. And I would imagine as this, the proliferation of you know, your service and others that allow retailers to put more NFTs, uh, incorporate them into their business, this is going to bring a lot more people into the space a lot faster, right? Exactly. I mean, even if you think about Nike.com and Macy's.com, 99.99% of their customers would not know what an NFT is, right? right. How to buy an NFT, right? So we just basically make it completely seamless, right? Macy's doesn't have to know what an NFT is. They just mm-hmm. list the NFT as an image and it shows up on their product listing page, just like, I don't know, a washer and dryer shows up or I don't know, mm-hmm. Fips. Should it drive, but like whatever. Yeah, suit or something. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like by right by the suit, there's a picture of NFT. They can buy it and they don't have to have a wallet, right? We create a wallet for them, which lists all the NFTs on their order status page, on Macy's order status page, just right next to the suit, right? Right. So we make it seamless for sellers to list the NFTs on site and we make it seamless for their consumers to buy NFTs without having them. Yeah. And then hold that, you hold that wallet for them. All right. Well, we have to start wrapping things up here. I just want to ask you guys on a more macro level, Frank, what are you most excited about when you think about where NFTs are going and Web3 and everything else from a, from a macro perspective? What gets you really excited about the space? In, in terms of the future of Web3 and NFTs and blockchain in general, I mean, there's a lot of hype around it, obviously. And you know, a lot of people talking about how we're you know, approaching a new internet here, right? As described by, you know, it being called Web3, but I think it's more foundational than that, right? This has the ability to affect every transaction, every item that is sold. It's a new form of ownership, right? And it's it's a new form of, of, of people transferring wealth to each other. It's it's so it's more foundational than that to me. It's it's more than a new internet. It's it's electricity essentially. Mm. And I, I think that you're going to see every aspect and every transaction within the economy itself affected by Web3. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to create a new paradigm by which organizations do business, interact with their customers and employees, and the way that those latter entities interact with organizations itself. So I'm just very excited about the new world that we're entering into in general. I like it. Uh, Rohit, what about you? So the most exciting part about Web3 is decentralization, right? No government, no company could own uh, any transaction anymore, right? Once you decentralize that uh, ecosystem, right? That's what excites me the most. Like Frank said, this is the... This is kind of, it's in a nascent stage, but it's kind of transformative for the entire economy of the world, right? We talk about globalization and there are like pros and cons of globalization, but nothing like this has happened before. Internet has kind of connected the entire world in a certain way, but it's still kind of 1% in terms of what blockchain can do, right? Mm -hmm. European Union has been trying to create a single currency and single government for God knows how long, uh, right. 25 years, 30 years now. And Bitcoin did it in just a few years, right? Yes. And there's no government behind it. It's completely decentralized. A lot of governments, in fact, are trying to shut it down. Right. And right. nobody can shut it down. There is no bureaucracy, right? Yeah. right? There's no bureaucracy. There's no red tape. So decentralization to me is the, the, the strongest characteristics of blockchain and Web3. 
Uh, it is really exciting. All right, guys, I appreciate you coming on here. Uh, for anybody that wants to find out more about your project, NFT ARC, where should they go, Frank? So our website is nftarc.network and you can you can access and get information on the platform there. So just type in nftarc.network. All right. And where can we find you on social media? Are you active on Twitter or anywhere else? Yep. I'm on Twitter. My my Twitter handle is at Frank underscore Preve. My last name, that's P as in Paul, R, E as in Echo, V as in Victor, E as in Echo. So we're active on social media. And then we also have a, a Discord server as well awesome. out there. And Rohit, what about you? Uh, yeah, same thing. We have Twitter, we have LinkedIn, we have Discord. We are pretty active on all of those social media. So yeah, reach out to us anytime. You got to be in the NFT world, right? Well, yeah. uh, <laughs> thank you guys for coming on here. Really interesting stuff. Love what you're building. Excited to see where all of this goes. We are in a brave new world and I look forward to keeping in touch. Very exciting to be here, Andy. Thank you very much for having us. Yep. Thank you, Andy. Much appreciated. Yep. Take care. Thanks for listening to part two of my conversation with Frank and Rohit from NFT Arc. Hope you enjoyed that. And I'm just always fascinated by all the different things that are going on in the NFT space. This is just like, you know, the web 1.0 bubble, if you will, from 2000 and all the things that came out of web 2.0 and everything in between so many startups. And there's just so much money pouring into the web three space right now. So many companies starting up, no way to know who's going to make it, and who's not going to make it. But I love all the innovation and how fast things are moving. It's fascinating, which is why I tell people all the time that whether you invest in NFTs or not, I think you need to be paying attention to what's going on in the world, just because exactly what Frank and Rohit said that you know, in the future, uh, every company is going to be selling NFTs. Everything we do is going to have some digital component to it. There's just so many interesting facets to this that I think it's worth paying attention to so you know what's going on, not just to talk about it the next you know dinner conversation, but also in business as well. When your boss or your customers start asking you about this, you have an idea of what the heck you are talking about. And you're in the right place to learn all of that. If you have questions or topic ideas for the podcast, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. My handle is Andy Storch, A-N-D-Y-S-T-O-R-C-H. And you can also find more information about this podcast on my website, andystorch.com slash NFT. That's andystorch.com slash NFT. Thanks again for listening to My NFT Journey. Hey, I wanted to take a moment to let you know that our podcast right now is sponsored by Voice.com. Yeah, Voice is an easy place for creators to create carbon-neutral NFTs. That's right. You may have heard about NFTs from the outcry around environmental impact and how much energy is being burned by Bitcoin and Ethereum and other cryptocurrencies and NFTs and tokens traded on the blockchain. Well, Voice is 65,000 times more energy efficient than Bitcoin and 17,000 times more energy efficient than Ethereum. So if you're looking to create some NFTs very easily or buy some NFTs, especially low-cost NFTs, very easily with US dollars and without burning lots of energy or impacting the environment, then check out voice.com. I am working on creating my own collection of NFTs on voice, and I've found so far that it's extremely easy. All you need is the right graphic, the right strategy, or what you want to create. Decide what you want to give to people when they buy the NFTs, and then go set it up. It only takes a few minutes. So go check it out, voice.com, and let me know what you think.